I'm Chris H., and welcome to Pop's Pint, a conversation with my friends where we discuss fatherhood in 2019. Welcome to episode 16 of Pop's Pints. I have a pro skier, magician on the lacrosse field, Olympian bar jumper, dog whisperer, and father of Genevieve Glory, a uh, little over one years old. Um, Mr. Andy Sabatier. What's up, my friend? Oh, good to be here, H. I'm, I'm pumped to hear that intro. It kind of makes me sound a lot cooler than I think I am. Uh, you are one of the cooler guys I know, my friend. I mean, who, who <laughs> is willing to uh, do, a, do an episode at, what is it, 9.30 your time, 9.30 a.m. your time? It's about 9.30 in the morning, but, you know, you live on the West Coast. You sort of get used to adjusting and managing around the, the east coast time clock you know I'm, I'm not i'm not too good for a beer at 9 30 in the morning wouldn't be the first nothing wrong with a breakfast beer <laughs> so what are you drinking mr sabatier so i have a pacifico in a bottle in my hand and it's perched right on the uh right on the the windowsill with a, a pretty morning sun coming in over the mountain what I envision, yes, is foliage falling down, you looking out the window with just glistening off your beard. Um, are, are you bearding it these days? I am mustaching it these days. That's Ooh, a good question. Stop. The facial hair is always, is always changing, but I am, uh, as they say in, in Russia, I'm growing back my mustaches. They're, they're coming back into effect after, after a little hiatus this summer. I took, a, I took a facial hair hiatus, but now I'm back on the mustache. I'm very jealous. It's interesting, actually. The, the, biggest, the biggest mustache I've grown in my life was <clears throat> coincided with my daughter being brought home. I had a nine-month beard by the time she arrived. And when we brought Gigi home, I shaved off the beard and left the mustache and actually kept that big, burly cookie duster for, uh, for the entire first year of her life. It was kind of an exercise in self-confidence and humility. <laughs> well, I have a ton of self-confidence as it regards to facial hair. Um, it just does not come out and look well for me, uh, as a lot of my friends and wife can attest. <laughs> well, a mustache is truly a lifestyle. So, you know, you are, you are rocking it if you decide you're rocking it. Yeah, I tried to do it the one time and I definitely look like a criminal. <laughs> and like one of the not good criminals. Um, but I got a, I got a little uh, Oktoberfest going. I'm in the... Uh, I, I, I was actually at a German, um, German restaurant celebrating one of my friend's uh, bachelor parties in D.C. to crack open a keg. Um, so I got the Oktoberfest flowing in the A.H. household right now. This is a Two Roads Marzen-style lager, and it is, I will say, delicious. A little caramelly. Very, um, very nice. Elegant. And the alcohol content, eh, 5.8. So, um, episode, uh, so uh, title of um, episode 16, air streaming with the newborn. I have lived yeah. vicariously through you, through with your Instagram. You guys are, where, where are you guys located in Oregon now? So, we live in Central Oregon. We live right in the middle of the state in a town called Bend. Awesome. And how long have you guys been there for? We moved from New York City in 2013 and have been out here ever since. 
Um, we are, you know, when people think of Oregon and they think of the Northwest, they, uh, they think of rain and they think of, you know, kind of rainforesty and, and that's just not where we live. We live in the high desert. We live sort of at elevation in the middle of the state, kind of on the other side of the Cascade Mountains. So where we are, it's really sunny. Um, it's got lots of volcanic terrain and the weather is sort of schizophrenic. I mean, it'll start out today. It'll be 34 degrees when I wake up and then by the afternoon it'll be 65 and then next week it'll be snowing and we might, we might still get a little bit of nice weather here in the, uh, even into the, the first month of winter. So it's a little, a little bit of a chaotic place to undertake your, your adventures with your newborn, but the summer is a little bit, uh, a little bit more gentle time to kind of do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I see, I see the Instagram pics of Gigi, um, walking around inner glory, uh, hopping around streams, just enjoying the woods. Um, it looks like you guys, uh, are out and about quite often on the weekends and stuff. We try to be, we have, we have a sort of a weird staggered schedule, you know, with working in healthcare, I work a lot of weekends, but I also have a lot of days off in the middle of the week. And Nicole and I are sometimes kind of handing back and forth. So some of those adventures that we're taking are one-on-one parenting and child adventures. But when we, when we get a chance to have the time off together where we can load everything into our, uh, into our, our, our rig and go, it just sort of concentrates the family and concentrates the time away from the nest, away from home together. Um, when we were, when we were looking at how to, how to keep our, our life going the way we wanted to, you know, as far as traveling and keeping things on the move and, and adventuring as much as possible. And also looking at the prospect of becoming parents and just how much more tied down you are. We had to figure out a way to kind of combine those two. Um, Agnes is the name of our Airstream. It's a 23 foot 2006 uh, Airstream Safari. Um, and we bought her somewhere along the lines, actually when we were first trying to get pregnant, um, we had a miscarriage and one of the events that helped us kind of get through the miscarriage and the sorrow that goes with that, which is really terrible for everybody to go through, but it's also really common was we, uh, we ended up finding this Airstream and, and buying her and, you know, learning literally from that day, we had to learn on the fly, um, quite a lot of stuff. Have you, yeah, I mean, did you ever, have you ever hooked anything up to a rig? I've towed a couple of trailers here and there, but not really. No, we had to learn all that. That's wild. It was, yeah, kind of a baptism by fire. In fact, the, we drove about six hours north into uh, Mount Vernon, Washington to go pick this thing up. And the guy who sold it to us was very cool. He made us lunch. He walked us around. He showed us everything. And then as we left, he said, oh, by the way, you might want to put a little air in the tires. And sure <laughs> enough, on the way home, we had a tire blow out. And then we had got home and the batteries died. I mean, it was a, it was a whole thing. But since then we've, we've, we've learned and gone up and kind of, kind of become pretty seasoned. I mean, that culminated with our, our trip, the one to which you're referring when Gigi was born, Gigi was born six weeks early, no, excuse me, two weeks early. And I had basically a set time off of work. I had the month of August and the month of February and she was born in June. So when she was about six weeks old, we loaded up what we had into this 23 foot trailer and into our pickup and 
hit the road. And we were on the road for 29 days, just driving across the West and going to different places. We threw a couple of different things in on the way, like weddings and visiting friends. But we figured we're going to be learning on the fly how to parent. We're going to be learning on the fly how to trailer. And if you're not going to sleep, you might as well wake up in beautiful places. So that's what we did. So you guys didn't take Agnes out before um, Gigi's arrival? We did, I think we did three trips. Okay. With, we did three trips, none of them with Gigi, really. And none um, of them close did, to that duration. I think we did, we, did two, we did two with Gigi. We did one two-nighter and one three-nighter with Gigi before we left on our big trip just to kind of dial in a couple of processes try to figure out okay where's the changing station what are we going to do with the stinky diapers what are we going to do with this kind of stuff like just figuring out logistics and yeah it it seemed to work out it seemed to work out pretty well i mean we hit we hit the bumps on the road you know those are those are going to happen but most of those bumps were not because we didn't know what we were doing with the trailer or we didn't know what we were doing with a baby. It's because we weren't talking. You know, when you're not communicating, that's when things go awry. I have this very specific memory in my head of the lowest point of the trip. And it was day three. We had come through, we'd come from, from Oregon and gone into Washington, and we were in Walla Walla. We spent a couple of days in Walla Walla. Um, and as we were leaving and driving towards Montana, Something happened and we got frustrated with each other. And I can, I have this picture in my head pulled over to the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, just fields on either side. And Nicole's in the passenger seat, frustrated. Gigi's in the back seat, crying. And Andy's outside, jumping up and down out of frustration, like cannot hold it together. But just like with parenting, even though you lose it, you're going to have to get back in the driver's seat and keep going. And that's exactly what we did. And I think after, after that point, we ended up communicating a whole lot better and really learning how to work as a team. And we were, we were pretty dialed by the end. That's fucking awesome to hear. I mean, you see all the pictures and all the glory and all the awesomeness of Instagram. And uh, the stuff like that just gets missed and often overlooked where it's just... Oh, completely. You know, and... Completely. Uh, I mean, these locations that you guys were, you guys were without a doubt in heaven. I mean, like just epic areas across the U.S. And uh, just in, or, you know, like I, we were just, I was just kind of in awe. But then I was also like the bravery or the confidence that you guys had to actually get the youngster in there six weeks old and um, pack up and go. I mean, it's, I mean, we challenge ourselves. I, I mean, Lauren and I, as far as trying to be a lot more flexible, but like any a kid, a child under one and trying to maintain that schedule really helps them. And I feel like air streaming it um, trailer life, you know, camping out, would be kind of tough to maintain a schedule in, in some capacity. Oh yeah. No question. And, and you're, so you're exactly right. The timing of everything was pretty good because 
you know, I don't know, I don't know when you guys started to introduce a schedule into, into, you know, your girl's life, but we didn't even attempt to schedule until after we got back from that trip because we looked at it as she's, she's a need machine. I mean, a lot of times you hear people refer to the fourth trimester being those first three months of life. Um, and that basically coincided with our trip that about the end of that trip was sort of towards the end of that fourth trimester where they're not doing much. They're just kind of a need machine. Um, and that's, and that's the way we treated it is we're like, our prerogative is to take care of Gigi and take care of each other. And part of taking care, taking care of each other is making sure that we're in, in a place both physically and mentally, we're not going to lose our mind. Um, you know, you, you, it's funny, you talked about all the beautiful places and, and, you know, I think you even said Epic and yeah, there are some really gorgeous spots where we went. We spent a big chunk of time in Glacier National Park. We spent a big chunk chunk of time and on Flathead Lake and we were in Whitefish, Montana. And we, we had some cool sort of uh, spots along the way that we got to see, but we also ended up really screwing up plenty of times. You know, the first, the first night we pulled into Walla Walla, Washington into an RV park that we had sort of said, we're going to this destination and we'll figure, you know, the the rest of it out from there. Uh, We pull in and it's like not the best side of town, you know, and sure enough, as we're starting to, walk into town with our stroller we've got to go past all the homeless people which are all congregating right there and then yeah. you realize oh the road where the rv park is the next thing on the road if you kept going is the state prison so we didn't exactly pick all the epic locations we had a couple of couple of duds but uh epic it's, failures it's, it's yeah and the epic failures you almost just have to laugh and and be okay with laughing at yourself like there were times where i'd get so mad because we were you know losing ground or being inefficient or or didn't do something the way that that you know maybe we both thought it would but that that frustration kind of melts away when you think about okay is my kid happy is my rig intact is my wife going to kill me if the answer to all those is the one you want then it doesn't really matter where you are you'll figure the rest out I love how we rig did. intact is number two. <laughs> well, because if the rig's not intact, she's going to kill me. You see, yes. like that, oh, was, yeah. that was what we were doing. It's like Nicole would take the inside. I would take the outside. In fact, I've, that's been my role. Gigi's now, God, Gigi's 16 months old tomorrow. And the whole time we've had Agnes and Gigi, I have been the driver. I've been the driver. I've been the one who hooks up everything on the outside, whether that's in snow or in, in summer, but recently Nicole took a trip solo towing Agnes. I mean, she took Omar, but Omar doesn't really help very much in hooking things up. He's our little dog. Um, but she took a, a, a solo Agnes trip towing from, from Oregon down to California and, uh, and back. So, so now I'm no longer the only one who, who drives. I'm, I'm just one of the team. You're also an avid skier. You're, I mean, you're hardcore. How many times did you go out last year? Um, I think I had 50 or so days last year. And last year was a pretty good year. This year, this year will be a little different. but. <laughs> and, and, I mean, Gigi yeah. has seen the slopes with you. Am I correct? She has. Gigi has gone. Technically, she has, she has been a passenger, but she's gone skiing. Um, we did – a very mellow little ski tour uh, last year when the weather was nice. 
where we could just kind of wear her on the front, you know, wearing one of those ergo packs and climb up. And she was basically asleep by the time we got up there and then skied down. And she was definitely not asleep on the way down. There's, there's a pretty cute video that Nicole took where she's just kicking her little legs all the way on the way down and laughing. It's, it's pretty fun just to get a little wind in her face. You know, one of the things that I've known about Gigi, you, you talk about confidence. One of the things that has given me confidence as a parent was knowing that I could help, right? When dads are first on duty, when you first go from non-dad to dad, there's not really a lot you can do for your kid because they're so tied to mom. And when we brought her home, there was a time when she was crying and, and I, I got her to stop crying by like just moving her just moving her with gravity, like giving her a little swing where if, if I felt that, I know that it would sort of make me go, Ooh, you know, that feeling that I love so much that you get in skiing, that you get in everything, that feeling of moving faster against gravity. And it kind of snapped her out of it. And ever since then, you know, Gigi has responded to gravity. She likes movement. So it doesn't surprise me at all that she wanted to, you know, not wanted to, but she enjoyed being in the front pack, skiing, laughing and doing that. I mean, that's when in doubt, move her about. That's just kind of been the, been the ethos with, with Gigi since the beginning. So I, I wonder how much of that is me imposing that on her versus her just being a lot, you know, wired very similar to me because that's, that's how I was when I was It kid. sounds like she's wired a lot yeah. like daddy. <laughs> it does, it does kind of seem that way. It's, it's pretty gratifying because, she she shares a lot of the traits that when you first look at her we look we look pretty similar except that when you look at pictures of me as a baby I was kind of an ugly baby she's got Nicole's sized features with kind of some of the the DNA input from dad but whenever anybody tells me they're like oh my god she's so cute she's so pretty it's just I totally agree I think she's just a really she looks like me and it kind of freaks me out she's like a cute version of me as a kid <laughs> that's cute that's uh but uh, you so you kind of hit on something as far as like ethos and um just the way that you have and nicole uh, i mean how you went about life before Gigi and how you're going about life now with Gigi, and the fact that i i it doesn't i've definitely lost a little bit i mean you can't do it all right of what you were previously doing before and after nope um, but it does feel like you're, you're maintaining like the, the key parts that are really true to your ethos and Nicole's ethos, you as a couple together and making sure that Gigi is a part of that versus kind of altering it all together or sacrificing, um, kind of your personal interests, uh, or, um, extracurriculars like the things that make you happy yeah i mean is that has that been a concerted effort that you and nicole have talked about or just kind of the ethos that you're trying to develop through parenthood that's a really good question uh i am i i don't know as much as you know about kind of what i do as far as work but i work in an intensive care unit i'm a physical therapist in an intensive care unit so with that comes a, a body of nurses who are, most of whom are moms, 
all, a lot of whom are parents, whether they're moms or dads, but there's a lot of free advice given. And one of the best pieces of advice that was given to me by a nurse I worked with named Anne-Marie was when your kid comes along, work your kid into your life. Don't work your life around your kid. Like you want this child to come out and be a part of your family and you want them to continue to, to be a part of that family as they develop rather than growing up thinking the world revolves around them. So doing all this stuff that we're doing, whether it's like going out and skiing or taking a big trip or, or even just like saddling up like last night, like throwing Gigi in the car at seven o'clock at night and driving to Portland with Nicole, you know, like I, I, I text Nicole during the day, give me, give me all the steps that you need done so that you can, you can come home and have the skids greased and just hit the road. Gigi has learned to roll with the punches. And even in those moments where you think she's going to lose it, like this week where she's been super cranky and she's just becoming a toddler and she's starting to learn how to scream and do all that stuff. You think she's going to lose it, but she's adaptable. And it's because that's just how she's grown up. So hopefully we can kind of keep that going because I know that Nicole and I, it took us a long time to find each other as a couple. And it took us a longer time to um, come to the, the conclusion that we were ready to be parents. But when we got to that decision, we knew that it was going to be one big collaborative effort to make my life, her life, kids life all something that revolved around each other and was able to to do the activities that kept us all happy and i think you i mean you hit on it right at the beginning too uh, the the aspect of communication and having to talk mm-hmm. it out especially the things that frankly you're just pissed off and um don't want to deal with the havoc at the, at that time. Right. Like you, people, things get heated and you're just like, all right, I just need, I'm just going to walk away from this. But you often, when you walk away, it's tough to revisit it again and you got to hash it out. And I think that's definitely, I mean, one thing that's consistent around all the guys that I've talked to, uh, all of our friends. And I think that's, I mean, there's a reason that we're doing this and there's a reason that you guys are so accepting to jumping on and talking about fatherhood and talking about the hardships and the good stuff. Um, because like, I mean, it's not typical for guys to do that. It's not typical for guys to be no. vocal about it. And I think that's kind of what makes our friendship uh, within all the, all the goats and soul shakers and all those uh, the New York crew, um, and the fact that we have all at one point had a very frank conversation probably with each other where no it could have gotten overlooked and it has to extend to that next partner that is your best friend, that life partner. And it can't be ignored mm-hmm. just because uh, you, you don't want to grapple with those that subject matter or those lessons. You put it really well. I think one of the things that I stress uh, in coaching, you know, I'm, I'm still coaching lacrosse out here. I coach a boys varsity team, you know, and this is, I think this will be my seventh season with this school. And God, I think like 15 or 16 of, of actually coaching in college, which is crazy to think about. 
Um, one of the things that I, I absolutely believe in and I stress with the kids I coach is that men need to be vulnerable in order to be successful. That if you keep yourself, if you keep yourself penned in, if you keep yourself quiet and you keep yourself locked in about how you feel, you will never be able to rely on the people around you as understanding of how you feel and accepting who you are. And it's the same thing as a parent. If I'm just that silent, stoic dad that's always just putting his head down and schlepping shit into the airport or hooking up the trailer or dealing with it when I feel overwhelmed and quietly just drinking my beer and doing, you know, doing whatever dads do when they get overwhelmed, don't say anything. Excuse me, burping my beer up. Uh, it's understandable. It's a breakfast beer. Burps are allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's a breakfast beer. I was just thinking, you know, the eggs, bagel, and beer is a combination I haven't had in a long time. Um, I, I think, I think being, I think being vulnerable is that thing that 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 brings us together as, as friends. Like you said, that that group of friends is is a group that can be vulnerable with one another, and also with our spouses. You know, I I can say this. I can say this confidently, H. I'm an emotional guy, but I've also my whole life kind of had enough emotional experience that, that it takes a lot to sort of overwhelm me. You know, I'm not easily like moved to tears. I'm not above crying, but I'm not easily moved to tears. I have never cried more in my <laughs> life than I have since Gigi was born. I cry all the time yeah, now. I, I cry all the time. I, I cry when like a Simon and Garfunkel song comes on on Spotify. It's ridiculous, and almost always tears of joy. Yep, typically around bedtime. It's really pretty wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the cliches are true. All the cliches about parenting are true, and they're true for a reason. It's 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 something. Well, my friend, I think that. Uh, that brings it down to a perfect close. I'm at the end of uh, my beer. I know that you have a lax lesson to uh, to teach in, in in the upcoming minutes. And I, dude, I appreciate uh, you grabbing that breakfast beer, beer um, and the story of Agnes and just the incorporation <laughs> of Agnes into uh, the life of Gigi and just your relationship of you and Nicole. Uh, absolutely awesome. I really appreciate it. Oh, would you, it. would you, since, since I have, I have two more sips of my beer. Can I share one more Agnes story with you? Oh yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Okay. So on, so on this trip, this trip we went on, we left Walla Walla, Washington and the next stop was, uh, we went to a, a river. I won't say the name of it because I don't want anybody to know about it, but it's a little, a I little hidden that. spot in, in Idaho. And, and but there's a reason it's hidden because it's just gorgeous and it's hard to get to. And eventually Andy, if I start getting paid. listeners in Idaho, you and I are, <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have a place right next to you. There you go. So, so we pull in to this, this campground and you know, when you get in, it's like, okay, we got to start getting stuff going. So once we get unhooked, the, the order of operations are, we have to, get dinner going and we have to get Gigi a bath because she stinks. She's pooped. <laughs> she stinks. Right. So we've got the little like bath thing that we put out on the table and we, we haven't filled it with water yet. But we sort of get our whole station out there and then I start getting dinner going and dinner is going to be 
hot dog and macaroni. It's going to be really simple. So I've got a grill on the outside. It's a boat grill that I, it's, you know, this is all set up from the guy who owned Agnes before us. And I put the grill, it's kind of attached to the very front of, of the trailer. And then there's a little hose that runs to the two nine gallon propane tanks, which are on the front of the trailer, which is a pretty normal setup, right? It's kind of janky, but we've done this before. And it's always, there's always a bit of a, like a, a, a puff of propane flame that when you light it, but it's, you know, it stinks a little, but it's never been a problem. So I light things, I light the grill, I go back inside where Gigi and Nicole are in the trailer and I go to, you know, get the water boiling for the macaroni. And I hear this sound that sounds like a blowtorch. It sounds like it's violent. It is uh, flame. I know this. One tubes popped But I can off. hear it. So I go back out to the front of the trailer and the grill, which is, like I said, connected by a two or three foot hose to the propane tanks, there's a ball of blue flame shooting down out of the grill back what? towards these two nine-gallon propane tanks. Oh, It's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life because I got my whole new family, like, literally feet away on the other side of, of the window. And my whole, my whole body goes into not panic mode, but, like, ultra-focused. And I look at it. And I just immediately think fast and just go meep, 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 and turn off the propane and the flame dies. It's all good. It's over in less than 10 seconds, but it's already the scariest moment of my life. Yeah. Not because I was in danger, but because something that I had an effect on almost killed everything that matters to me yeah. like just in these early stages. So I turn it off and there's a guy walking over to me who's kind of, you know, some old timer that's there camping, you know, it's a campsite. There's like nine RVs there. And this guy kind of walks over and we, I happen to notice he's wearing the same shirt as me. I said, Hey, we're twins. And he kind of laughed and we laughed about it. And then he sort of slapped me on the back. We ended up fishing together the next day, but flash forward to like 15 minutes later, it's time to give Gigi a bath. So now Nicole hands Gigi to me and just says, here, go give her a bath. I'm like, perfect. So I take her over to the water and I put her in the thing. We've got some nice warm water going. And I lay there and she lays there. I give her a bath in the afternoon sun. There's a picture of it actually hung up uh, in our house. And it was the first time, I don't know if you remember this, those first newborn baths. It was the first time that she had a bath and didn't scream. She laughed the whole time. And it was just me giving her the bath. So that trip was, was something that helped define me as a parent and define us as a family. And it was defined not just by those big, beautiful places where we went, but it was a lot of highs and lows. And realizing that parenting is not an Instagram post. Parenting is having a moment where you almost kill your family and a moment where you've never been so happy in your entire life within the same 15 minute block and realizing that it's just going to keep going forward and all you have to do is, is keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise and you're going to be fine.